This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. The economy is in flux. The cost of groceries, housing, and medicines have all skyrocketed, which has had an impact on how we spend and how we prepare for the future. On today's edition of How We See It, we welcome back Jeff Johnson, the director of AARP for the state of Florida, and he's here to tell us a little bit about what we need to do to prepare for the future. Jeff, it's always a treat to see you. Thank you so much, John, for the invitation back. Really appreciate it. I'm in my mid-50s, starting to swing past that 55. In fact, I'm going to the movies and I say, do I get that senior discount? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I do. Retirement is about six to eight years away. I'd like to retire at 62. I don't know that I can now. Sure. Because of the way the economy is, I get my statements for my investments in and like, man, I'm down 20, 25% in some of these. I know there's a lot of people listening that are in that same boat or they have maybe parents in that same position. What does AARP do to help? Good question. So AARP is a membership organization, and we were actually founded more than 60 years ago by somebody who encountered somebody who didn't have enough to retire on. It was a school principal, was our founder, Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus. And she found one of her former teachers who was living in substandard housing. Frankly, it was a converted chicken coop in the back of somebody's yard Mm. because she didn't have money to retire on. And her health care costs were too much because it was before Medicare. She said, older people deserve something better than that. And that's how she started her mission, which became AARP. So we work with a lot of different folks to try to change that. We do a lot of policy work in the advocacy arena in Congress and state legislatures. But we do a lot more with just different businesses or industries that want to try to reach older consumers. And thankfully, there are a lot more people who realize that older consumers have money to spend, which is why you can get your discounts at 50 or 55 or whatever the case may be. But more than anything, we just want to help people live their best life. So on AARP's website, we've got a lot of free tools. You don't have to be an AARP member to access, including things like a retirement calculator where you can plug in your numbers. You can plug in what you want to be able to have in retirement to live off of, and it'll tell you, here's how confident you you should be that you can make it, or here are some changes that you may want to make in terms of how much longer you work or what you expect to get back from investments or what you expect to live off of that will help you get to that number or get to that point where you want to be. Now, let me say right here at the outset, Jeff is not a financial advisor, nor am I. We can only throw out personal things that we have encountered. We would strongly encourage you to get a professional advisor, a tax advisor, a a financial planner to help you guide you through what you want to do because you can put stuff into a calculator on your website, but you may want to travel a lot more. You may have these dreams, ideas, I'm going to buy a mountain home. That's going to cost some money. So what are you going to do to sell the house, especially in this kind of market that we're in? Yeah, absolutely true. And yes, thank you for clarifying the fact that yes, I majored in religion and minored in politics. You should not trust me for any (laughs) investment advice. There will be no conversation at the Thanksgiving table with you. (laughs) No, Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I sit by myself at Thanksgiving. (laughs) But to your point, yes, absolutely. There are tools, and I think probably a lot of your listeners may have a workplace retirement, like a 401k account that has similar calculators. And again, I would say use all of those. But to your point, If you feel like you're not quite sure that the questions that you're being asked align with what you want to do with your life, talking to a professional is fantastic. And I would say in particular, if you can make sure that you're talking to a professional that 
is offering you, uh, you know, kind of a consultation where you know exactly what you're getting can be really helpful. There are fee-only advisors, for instance, who will not be charging you or, or pushing you to invest in things that they get commissions on, but will be able to say for a flat fee, I'll just give you a rundown of you tell me what you've got, you tell me what your plans are, and I'll tell you whether you can get there or not. And that kind of relationship can be really helpful. Is that a fiduciary? Or do you know? It is some, well, so they do have a fiduciary responsibility. So they're they're required to do what's in your best interest, even if it's not necessarily in their best interest in terms of commissions. And yeah, we hear and those, that can be super helpful. Yeah, yes. we hear those in commercials and, and so forth. And that can be sometimes a little bit confusing. What about here in the state of Florida? What trends are you seeing? Florida's always been a destination state yeah. for retirement. There's no state tax. Right. But, you know, rent is at all time high yeah. across the country, especially right here in the Bay Area. Housing's through the roof. What are you seeing for retirees now? I mean, John, you know that Florida for its history, at least since World War II, has thrived because of people who have moved here to retire. And generally, that has continued to increase. There have been maybe one or two points along the way where the economy, and particularly Florida's economy, has led that to reverse course, and people have left the state in small numbers. It's never lasted long. So here's what I would tell you. I think, and again, I'm not an economist either, but based on what I've seen over the last 20 years, I think it wouldn't surprise me if over the next year or so you saw fewer people retiring to Florida than had done so in the past. And that's primarily not about the American economy or Florida's economy, which is doing really well relative to others, but more about property insurance and the fact that Hurricane Ian coming through and devastating right. Southwest Florida has shifted some of those dynamics about how easy it is to get insurance and how much that costs. But what we saw back when we got hit by all those storms back in the early 2000s is that was a blip for a year or two. And then the market straightened out and people realized this is still a better deal than where they're coming from. And there's no snow to shovel. So how do we get past this bump in the road? So as individuals, I think there are a lot of different things that we need to do. For one, there are people who are going to delay retiring. I know from the last economic downturn, worked with a lot of folks who went back to work and just picked up an odd job. It wasn't necessarily re-entering their career or continuing their career. But as they, like you, saw their 401k drop, their investment accounts drop, they thought, ooh, I'm going to be you know, drawn on too much too fast if I if I go without an income for a while. And so they went into the workplace and, you know, maybe they're working at a call center or they're at a retail store or something like that just to kind of help carry them through. And the other thing that I think people will and already are doing is trying to figure out where can they save money. So honestly, those discounts for people in their 50s and 60s end up paying off a little bit. There are a million ways that you can save money if you stop and think about what do I need to spend money on? And what do I just want to spend money on? And once you start to look at your checkbook or look at your finances through that lens, you can find all kinds of ways to cut some corners for right now. This is not going to last forever, at least if past is any lesson going forward. I think you and I, we didn't live during this era, but we had grandparents who did during the Great Depression. And that's always a marker for me is... Wow, they lost the farm. They didn't have anything. They had to move back in with their parents. And we, we're, I'm seeing some of this now. My kids can't afford to move out of the house. Mm-hmm. My next door neighbors, their kids moved back in after they'd been out like five years. Mm-hmm. So not only are you seeing young people move back in, but now retirees may be moving back in with their older 
children. That happens some. Generally speaking, what we've seen here in Florida is that many people retired here own a home and own it free and clear. And so other than insurance and property taxes, their expenses are fairly fixed and they can control those. I think what you will see, though, is people who are renters, particularly those who have found someplace affordable. And I think about, though there are fewer of them now, mobile home parks, for instance, used to be this gold standard of what affordable retirement in Florida looked like. Right. As those are disappearing and as people are realizing those are not great places to be in the middle of a hurricane, people are trying to figure out where can they go. We've seen an uptick of homelessness, frankly, among older adults, which is really troubling to hear. And for those with family to go to, some of them will be going back. It's true. I think at the same time, though, there could be positives to that, honestly. We've worked with a lot of different communities across the state that are trying to make it easier for families who own their home to build a granny flat, you might call it, or a garage apartment or in-law suite, whatever you want to call it. Because in the short run, sometimes people will rent that out for another source of income to help them through this time. But also for the longer run, it's a way to make sure that they can keep their family intact while giving people their privacy. You mentioned a little bit ago prices, things that we can control. One thing that can be difficult is health care. And we have seen health care just, it fluctuates, especially when it comes to prescription medications and even insurance plans. You're on one plan, it's like, oh, you'll pay the doctor $25 for a visit, and then you get on another plan, it's 100 bucks. Yeah. And oh, what happened? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the it's always good with any of your insurance. Again, I say this not as a financial planner, but just as a fellow consumer. You want to do a check every once in a while to make sure that's still the best way to, to go. It's true for auto insurance. I mean, it's true, for, like I said, for any insurance, but especially for healthcare, which tends to be the primary thing that people spend money on in retirement. Even with Medicare, it can be the most expensive part of their budget. And so taking the time each Medicare open enrollment period to look at what the other options are and decide whether this is right for you makes sense. So, uh, and I know that uh, we're recording this in November, but it may run for a little while. Every year between uh, beginning of November and the first part of December, people who are enrolled in Medicare can make those kinds of decisions. And then for people like you and me, when we get to be 65, whenever that is, we can enroll. There are a lot of resources out there to help you. I know people who have finance degrees who really struggled to figure out what worked best for them. But I can tell you that it is worth taking the time to do the comparison shopping. Talk to a counselor. The The state of Florida has volunteers who are part of the SHINE program that will do counseling of if here's what your who your doctor is, here's what your health conditions are, here are what the different plans are. So you can start to do that math about what makes the most sense for you. Yeah, you almost need a a template or a you know a, some sort of algorithm you can punch in, totally. so that it, it'll it'll calculate everything for you based on uh, because a lot of it's based on your health. If you're in good shape and you don't go to the doctor much, well, then it should be pretty affordable for you. Right, right. It's, it's when things maybe took a downturn. Well, that, I think uh, that's yeah, I think that's true. And and I will also plug. I mean, ARP has free resources. You don't have to be a member to look at on how to navigate the Medicare decisions and including those kinds of worksheets. And the Medicare website does too. The one thing I will say about that that's worth considering because for most people, the primary decision is 
do I want to go into a Medicare Advantage plan, which is a, like a HMO, you know, a managed care plan, or do I want to pay for a separate insurance supplement to go along with with basic Medicare? And, and, and that those are the commercials we see on TV, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big infomercials. Uh, absolutely, especially right now because, again, everybody in Medicare gets a chance to make that choice again. So right. you flip on the TV, you're likely going to see somebody telling you about their great <laughs> Medicare plan. Sure. I think that the thing to think about, too, is a lot of times we don't know what the future – well, it's true all the time. We don't know what the future holds. And so we may be really healthy right now. But we also want to be attentive to the fact that we might not be healthy six months from now. And so one of the things that I often caution people for is you're going to look at the price because that is the thing that you're going to feel every month. But you should also look at the network because if the doctors that you trust are not in it, if the hospitals that you know are nearest you are not in network, in here in, in the Tampa Bay area where Moffitt Cancer Center is such a gold standard of cancer care, it's not in every Medicare Advantage plan. Like those sorts of decisions don't show up on the bottom line when you plug in your numbers, but they might mean a lot to you. And it's worth taking the time to to do that part of the double check just as you do the math part. And that's the hard part, I think, for a lot of people. My daughter is, and I use her as an example because she just got a new job mm-hmm. with a new medical plan. And the challenge is finding the right plan that has the doctors that she's comfortable with because she's type one diabetic. Right. So she's got to go see specialists and so forth. And this plan doesn't call it's cheaper and I need to save the money monthly. Yeah. But these doctors I want aren't on the plan. Right. And that's the, that's the balancing act that makes a lot of people upset. Oh, totally. And I, and what I would say is that while you don't want to throw money away by any means, it seems to me that your health is the hardest thing to replace. You can shop around for cheaper gas. You can think about ways to save money on your grocery bills. You can cut back on streaming services and subscriptions or those sorts of things. (laughs) But you can't necessarily, if you have a doctor that you know is going to take good care of you, it's hard to give that up. And, And I would argue that we want you to be healthy. We want you to continue to thrive. And the rest of the things we can kind of figure out and finesse. Talking with Jeff Johnson, who's the director of AARP for the state of Florida. What does AARP stand for? Good question. It used to be American Association for Retired Persons. And then we discovered so many of our members are still working and say, I'm never going to retire. Either I can't afford to retire or I'm going to be too busy to ever retire that we drop that. So now we just go by AARP, just like IBM is no longer international business machines or AT&T is no longer... American, American Telephone, Telephone and, and Telegraph, Telegraph, right? Yep. Which leads me to a question. I was watching, I think it was NBC a while back, and I saw a story about young people, 20 and 30-year-olds, signing up to be a part of AARP. What's that about? It is, yeah, so that's funny because AARP is a social mission organization, and our target are people 50 and over. That's who we advocate for. But we don't card people, if you will. People at any age can join. We have actually a separate class of membership. We call associate members for people who are under 50. They get all the same benefits except obviously access to like Medicare providers or, you know, things like that. And over the years, there have always been some people who have done it. You know, a couple of people are actually ARP employees when they sign up to work become ARP members. So we've got kids fresh out of college who are ARP members. But what happened is some guy on TikTok, which is not even a social media outlet that I know anything about, apparently signed up for ARP because he wanted to save money on travel or 
um, things around the house or when some of the services we had and started telling people about it on TikTok and it went viral. And the people in our national office said, what's going on? Why do we have all these 20 and 30 somethings joining? But apparently among the millennial culture, there's a, a real interest in saving money where you can save money. And so they found ARP as a way to do it and we're happy to have them. Do you know how much it increased by your membership? I mean, have yeah. there been any figures? I mean, we're, uh, we have, yeah, we I would say it's probably tens of thousands without having the details sure. in front of me. We're a 38-million member organization. Right. So it, it caught people's attention because it's unusual. And it's, you know, sure. again, all over social media, it's, it hasn't really changed the character of who we are as an organization, nor will it. But our focus is still our focus. I've got parents who are in their 70s, living alone. I mean, what, what would you tell them is the, maybe the one thing that they should have? I mean, there's one of many things they they need to have their documents in place i mean yeah. do what's more important the will or uh, a medical surrogate is that part of the I th- planning yeah i think well and you just hit on the word that i was going to say it's really about having a plan most people when they're in their 70s may be pretty healthy continuing to be active might not be working anymore and don't want to think about down the road what it means to be frail what it means to be fragile but th- that's the time to plan. Honestly, for you and me in our 50s, now is the time for us to really begin to plan about those sorts of things like estate planning, for sure, but also the medical surrogate and the power of attorney, those sorts of things in case something happens to us. But the other thing that's a piece of that is where do you want to live? What do you need there? And what can you get rid of, frankly? One of the things that we deal with a lot is people who are going to move to a smaller place. Maybe it's an assisted living facility. Maybe they're just downsizing. Maybe they're moving in with their kids. What do we do with all the stuff that we've amassed in this house that we've lived in for the last 30 years? Right. Or we raised you know, four kids in or whatever. It can be a real psychological challenge. It could be a real stressor for people to do that at a time where they're kind of being forced to make that decision. Not only for the homeowner, the mom, but it could be for the kids who say, we don't want you to sell the house. Yeah. yeah. That's where we grew up. That's where we grew up. Absolutely. That's where our memories are. And you do hear that. I tend to hear more people who, it, it sounded like what you were saying, you know that maybe the house where all the bedrooms are upstairs and it's a really big house is not the best place no. for this solo couple to be. And they might be better off if they were somewhere else. So you, you do hear people who certainly feel some sadness. Sometimes it's the grandkids, frankly. This is where we always did Christmas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what do you mean it's not going to be our Christmas go-to anymore? But I think most adult children of aging parents will say, we know when our mom and dad are slowing down, that it probably makes sense for them to find a place that's a little more right-sized for mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah, those are hard hard discussions to uh, to have. Don't do them over Thanksgiving, by the way. <laughs> we I, And, you know, I, that, I and that's this, a problem, though, because sometimes yeah. th- that's the only time they get face-to-face is, once a year. And, it, and, and I will say, too, I, for those who are going home for Thanksgiving, you may see things that you had never picked up in, you know, weekly phone calls or however you communicate normally. When you show up, you may see, man, I don't know that they're taking such great care of themselves. It doesn't come across because they sound happy and everything, but you just see, you know, dents on the car or just things that, that make you a little concerned. Personally, I would say I'm not sure Thanksgiving is the best time to raise. Them. Sure. 
But it is a good time to keep your eyes open and then to be prepared to follow up later and say, hey, I saw this and, you know, have you thought about that? That sort of thing. I want to go back to that formula that we talked about earlier. Retirement. Yeah. Is there a magic number? No. I mean, a secure, like, okay, a million dollars, that's going to get me home. That used to be kind of the magic number, but a million dollars isn't the same as it was 20 years ago. No. I, yeah, exactly. I think that a couple of things play significant roles in that number. One is, first of all, what other sources of income do you have? Social Security is should be a bedrock that keeps people out of poverty, but doesn't get you much farther than that. Let me ask you, while, while we're on that subject, sure. you hear from your advisors, Social Security is not always going to be there. It's not a guarantee in your role in AARP, and you've been with them for a while, and you see the trends up on Capitol Hill. Yep. Is it really going to be here, you think? It will. I, I So... I remember when I started working with ARP, which was 2001, 2000, okay. 2001, we have great volunteers who are advocates. And one of them was about 85. And he said, you know, when I was 45, I thought there's no way Social Security was going to be there for me. And, you know, he passed away like 15 years ago at 90, and it was there for him. I think we will tell you that 2034 – is the point at which the Social Security actuaries say, look, at this point we have problems. Beyond 2034, we wouldn't be able to pay out full benefits. We'd only be able to pay out three, uh, about three quarters of promised benefits. And our job as advocates is to make sure that you know that that's what your member of Congress needs to be focused on before we get to 2034. What I've seen in the past is while we would love for change to happen soon, chances are it will not happen right away. But there is too much writing on the table because something like, so right now about 9, 10% of people in this area who are 65 and over live below the federal poverty level. It would be 30 to 40 points higher. So in other words, it would be 40 to 50% of those 65 and over in this area living below the federal poverty level were it not for social security. That is a program that is working. And it is a program that is relatively efficient and one that we can change and keep whole with some relatively small changes. Now, that requires bipartisan compromise, and that is hard to come by right now. But it seems to me that this is one of those rare issues where when we talk to our members, it doesn't matter if they're Republican, doesn't matter if they're Democrat, doesn't matter if they're not political, they care about this. I think they care to a certain level. I mean, frankly, most of the people on the Hill have money. They're attorneys, politicians. They've made their money, so it's not as critical on them as it is their constituents. True. And and so the pressure would be put from the outside. You're going to change. We're going to vote you out. Yep. And and but we've we've seen that before. And and the old ball just keeps rolling down to the next election. But you know, it, yes. Um, however, let me say this too. You hit on a topic earlier that we would have said the same thing about, the high cost of prescription drugs, which have continued to go up and up and up despite efforts like the Medicare Part D program, which George W. Bush as president uh, brought into play. And this year, there was a bill that went through that is going to lower drug costs. It'll be a couple of years as it rolls out. It caps insulin right away, but it deals with all uh, prescription drug costs over time. Change can happen, but the only reason that that happened is exactly what you said. A lot of people, Republican, Democrat, didn't matter, told their member of Congress, drug costs. You got to work on drug costs because that's what really impacts my bottom line, makes it hard for me to live. Everyone on the Hill is going to retire. 
Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's a responsibility there. You hope they could put their partisanship aside and come together as a group. We, and, and, and I will say, too, that we have good examples in Florida history and in the Tampa Bay area of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle who, who do pay attention to these issues. It is hard to move federal legislation. It just is. And this is something that I think once you get to the point of trying to get to solutions is going to be really hard to do. But if anybody cares, it's Florida members of Congress because of the demographics here in Florida. Right. To go back to where you started, people are retiring down here. And what that means for the Florida economy is something like $60, $70 billion a, year, a month, uh, rather, in Social Security benefits that come into the state and feed all the jobs that are all around us. want to get on one more question. We only have about two minutes left. Timeshares. What do you know about timeshares? Because there are retirees, people that have been getting these uh, timeshares or these vacation packages, and when when they die, they get passed along to the survivors, and they can't get out of them. Yeah, there is so, and there is uh, some information on our website. What I will say is that we've worked in Florida to try to rein in some timeshare fraud. So there are timeshare resellers who will come to you and say, John, I know you don't want your mom's timeshare. Let me buy it off of you. But they'll offer you a deal that is too good to be true because it is not true. And so you'll end up without the money that they promised and still stuck with some of the responsibilities that you had before. And so in the last administration, when Pam Bondi was attorney general, she really championed that. And so we were able to try to address some of that. What I would say, though, is you ought to reach out to a lawyer. I would. Um, I do not own timeshare, though I have family members who do. And if you are trying to get out of it, I would talk to a good elder law attorney, probably has some experience in that. And otherwise, they'll point you to a more consumer-focused mm-hmm. attorney who can help advocate on your behalf. Uh, again, one more question. What is the big thing? And we maybe, maybe it's the prescription drugs. Maybe it's Social Security. What's the big thing? that AARP is really pushing? What's number one on the agenda? So I'd say at the federal level, uh, making sure Social Security is is solvent and strong and sufficient for future generations is really important. At the state level, it's honestly trying to make sure that people who need long-term care, whether it be in a nursing home or at home, have access to good care. And those are the two things that end up driving us the most. People want more information, that free calculator and info, where do they find it? www.aarp.org. You'll find all kinds of good free information there. Okay. Uh, Jeff Johnson, the director of AARP for the state of Florida, has been our guest today. Jeff, always good to see you, man. Likewise. Thanks again, John. And that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.